How are you doing this week? Uh, fantastic. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, I wasn't too hard listening to uh, a full Drake album so we could do a review episode. You're asking me the question, uh, and I told you last week that I was super excited to hear it after the downfall of uh, Donda. So it, it was it was exciting, but I guess we'll talk about what the hell came out of it, really. But it wasn't too hard. No, it wasn't. Oh, good. Uh, so yeah, as we said, we're 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 opening this week's episode with a review of uh, Certified Lover Boy, Drake's sixth studio album. Um, this album had an expected release date of early 2021 and was postponed several times. And then right when Kanye uh, dropped Donda, uh, Drake made the tactical decision to release his album the following week. Uh, the two have been feuding since 2018 now, right? Since the Wyoming uh, albums? I thought it stemmed back from way before, no? Since Ye? The Wyoming albums, yeah, that's right. Oh, Ye was in Wyoming. Yeah, because before that they were doing, uh, he was on More Life and, and they were actually, they had their best friend phase. Yes. That ended very quick. It started and ended very quick. Uh, I don't want to get into their beef really. I, I know that beef is part of hip hop, but... Uh, I've said it many times in passing how little I care about it. Well, it's stupid. And this is a very stupid beef. It's very stupid. It's very petty. It's very... Uh, Cheesy. It's elementary, man. It's it's really like... It's childlike. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, so for this episode, I'm, let's just get over it, really. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go through the track list because uh, once again, on a Drake project, we're talking 20 plus songs, 80 plus minutes. So there's a lot of content that we got to look at, a lot of uh, maybe details on some of these songs that we might want to go into. Um, this is not as long as his last album, Scorpion, because Scorpion was a uh, um, was flagged a double disc album, a double surprisingly, album rather. surprisingly. But by I mean, if this gets a physical release, it is going to be a double album unless he cuts and trims the way he did on Views as well. But now. It's pretty much clear that when Drake puts out an album, it's surpassing an hour and 20 minutes, right? Like this is his way to, this is his recipe now going forward, right? I'm, I'm kind of shocked on that, if I'm being honest. I, I didn't expect a long length album that's 126 minutes. That's just me. I'm not a Drake fan. I don't listen to all of that. Not 126 minutes, 86. 86 minutes, sorry. It's super long. It's incredible. In 2021. Long, and and the 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 way I see it is um, a bit more that for an album that kept getting postponed, 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 and then after Kanye drops his album, he just dropped uh, the Certified Lover Boy. There was no leak of a track list until it actually came out, right? Or at yes. least I didn't find one because I wasn't looking for it. I like that though. It's it's nice that he did that. But I felt as though like twenty one tracks. 86 minutes for an album that kept getting postponed. It felt as though he just took the first time I saw the track list. I'm like, oh, okay, he just took every song that he was working on and dropped it on this. There was no trimming down. No. And, and that's a major problem. It is. In my opinion, it is because it doesn't shape your album. It just means you put everything you had ready out. You lack consistency throughout the album when you do something like that. And we're, and we're going to talk about the consistency of the album for sure, because in giving it a score, uh, initially I didn't want to go through the track list on the episode, but I think we should. 
Yeah, go for it. For sure. The opening track, Champagne Poetry, and I'm going to throw Poppy's Home in there, the second track. Um, when I first started this album off, the first thing I thought was Tuscan Leather for this thing from Nothing Was the Same. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was the first time in a long time he came out with back-to-back um, a, an opening to an album that felt like we're going we're gonna to have a concept going here. We're going to mm-hmm. have an actual developing theme on the album that's going to carry throughout. Uh, I, I was expecting to hear Drake's best work since 2015, since the mixtape, when these two mm-hmm. songs came back to back. So I felt promise. Um, if I can jump in here, uh, being a non-Drake fan and having to go to the album... For me, uh, these songs were super interesting. I think I told you that like once I started the album, I, I, I had messaged you right away saying, this is good. These are good tracks. Like the first track to me was super well put together. It was a great opening. The beat really, it's, it's kind of how you want to start your album. Right. Typically, you don't want to go into a slow song right away. You really want to build. You want you you want to drag your audience in right off the bat, and he did that with that this song, and then having that sampling uh, type beat, and where yeah. the beat switches midway through the song, like Dusk Leather, yeah, yeah, was like super interesting. And we've spoken about this before. This is the the Drake that I'm interested in. This is a Drake that I like. The production, where the production has at a high standard with this. And then going into the second song, it's like kind of like, wow, like this is good. This is on the right path. I'm interested. I want, I want more. Yeah. So track three then comes around and you get the first big feature on the album by Lil Baby. Yes. Uh, this is the song Girls Want Girls. Sound wise to me, off the bat, it caught me, like, on my first listen, it caught me off guard. Uh, but going back to it, I do find this is maybe one of the highlights on the album, uh, despite the terrible, uh, uh, say that I'm a lesbian girl, me too, or whatever he says there, that's really just completely dumb sounding. I could get Very past weak. it. I'm sorry, that was Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that you're a lesbian girl, me too. Um it's it's a terrible line but it's also like that it's a stupid joke like we've heard rappers say it before like in the 2000s or it was cam it was cameron that said that by yeah. the way so i think it's kind of just like it's silly drake and we have to remember that drake does do that stuff once in a while we can't take that line too seriously he does that once in a while we're going to talk about it later in the album too again but i found it going back to the album after three, four listens, I felt like, okay, no, this, it, it's still somewhat consistent. You got to remember like track three on nothing was the same because I compared it to nothing was the same before was started from the bottom. It doesn't really start from the bottom. doesn't really fit after Tuscan leather and furthest thing. It's a, it's a switch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it has a more poppy vibe to it. Like kind of more like girls want girls. No started from the bottom. Oh yeah, More but like this, I'm anthem. Yeah, yeah. It has that kind. Of, not this is probably not anthem, but it but it is on the pop side, right? 
Yeah. Um, but like, I think he was trying to kind of go in a different route. If you if you look at it, and he wanted to bring in the featurings right away at the beginning of his album. I, that's the way I see it. Well, yeah. No, I, well, I definitely, I was definitely going to say that, and and just a, a little by the way on the side, this right now is I, I, on the day that we're recording this is the most streamed song on the album. Well, I'm not surprised. The next chunk of music that we're going to talk about, I wanted to talk about it in a group. Because you just said that thing about the features. He came in strong with, a, with, a, with, his, with his first feature on the album very early. Mm-hmm. I, said, I said the little Baby one apart because so far I find the consistency of the, on the album is, is pretty good. But the next tracks that are coming up are In the Bible featuring Lil Durk and uh, Givian. Love All featuring Jay-Z, Fair Trade featuring Travis Scott, Way Too Sexy featuring Future and Young Thug. And I was on a good track, on a good pace with this album, but this part of the album, it bothered me. Till what song? Three or four? Four to seven. So In the Bible, Love All, Fair Trade, Way Too Sexy. And I'll explain why, because there's one track in there that I think is in the top five tracks on the album. Okay. I find that, number one, you're Drake. So you don't need features to this extent on the album. And not only that, but you just lined them all up. And let's throw the little Baby one back in here. You just lined up five tracks back to back to back to back to back of your biggest features, one after the other. It's not something you typically see in a hip hop album that tries to be consistent. Do you agree? No. no I I agree with you 110%. It's it's the wrong way to go. And it's also a useless flex because these are all features on Donda. Oh. <laughs> the way I see it is he wanted to get it out of the way so he could get back to the the all about him at the end of the album and have those key featureings to stand out later on. Because yes. if you if you look at the featureings and the sound, I'm gonna I'm gonna take s- s- track seven out real quick. Girls want girls with little baby, and in the Bible, little Dirk and Giveon are the exact same song to me. The oh, I don't find that all. It, the the sound of it and the humming and the the breakdown of the song is very similar to me. That this these. Two songs threw me off right away. I was like, okay, I'm going to not enjoy this album. It's starting to go down, okay. Um, how did you find uh, the Jay-Z track? Love All? Yeah. Found it very weak. I thought it was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be like the nothing Nothing uh, was the same. Pound cake, uh, yeah. Like, that's a fucking good song. Like, I've always liked that song till this yeah. day. And that beat and that song and the... Uh, how do I say this? The the way that the song was put together and how you not attack, but you know this the, what I'm trying to say. Like the the way you put this the the whole construction of the song mm. is well put together. Where I found this was very rushed. It did feel a little weak, and and another thing to point out on these songs, especially when you have big guests. Uh, sure, the Jay Z verse is not spectacular, but the Drake parts on these songs are even worse. Yeah, he doesn't like it's it's not it doesn't it doesn't seem authentic to where it's a Drake 
song. It sounds more like the other artist's song, except Jay Z. Let's say that. Sure. Let's yeah. Except for Jay Z. Except Jay Z. Yeah. Uh, but I did actually think that Fair Trade is one of the best songs on their album. I have a question for you regarding the song with Little Baby and Little Dirk and Dan Travis Scott. Do you think he could have utilized them in a better fashion than just having them be the well? Look redund- at the other. I, I certainly do. Yeah, I mean, look at the other track redundant. that he had. Laugh now, cry later. Was that the song? Was that the song with uh, with Lil Dirk that was a single? Yes. Before he was pro. Yes. Like, what happened to that song? That song was fine. Where did that go? I'm that surprised been it wasn't perfect right there. Exactly. It was, a, it was a more poppy song, a more catchy song. Exactly. Something familiar for people to look forward to hearing on in an album. That would have worked better for me than in the Bible. I didn't, I didn't think, yeah, I would not have thrown away that song. Absolutely not. And this was more of the, oh, we recorded three, four songs in the studio. Here's one of them. Yeah. But uh, what was your question exactly? I feel like I, I went off topic and didn't answer it. Could he have utilized oh, could he have Travis Scott, better? Little Dirk, and Little Baby? I, I think I think Travis Scott is utilized well, and I would insist you go back and hear that song maybe a couple of times in a row, and you'll find something a bit better than just that first listen, second listen. Like, did it does it fit with the album or not? It it does stand on its own, but again, okay. it's not sickle mode here. No, but that's a totally different aspect and a totally different world of music if you when you look at it right right and then there's a single which uh the video dropped the day of for way too sexy (laughs) which i accepted on the track list uh we are like he always kind of does that clowning around song per album like hotline bling type of shit but i find like it's a weird choice for a single. It's a weird choice to have made this album and further just makes me feel like he took all the tracks and dumped them on an album. <laughs> this is one of my highlights of the album. Okay. I really enjoy this song. It kind of cuts the, this album is going super downhill. I'm having a bad time with this album. He utilized the featurings like shit to, Okay, this is fun. This is a good track. I'm enjoying this. It's a track that I'll... Like, when I left work today, I put this track on. What I enjoy of it is it has... uh, I don't want to say consistency, but it has something to it. It has that extra feel to it. It's like... It's not even Drake that's amazing on this song. It's Are more any like of them though. Ah, it made me want to go back and listen to Future. Like I'm like, where's Future? Why can't Future sound like this anymore? Where's the Future album with Future doing this type of stuff? And even Young Doug, he doesn't rap or flow like Future or Drake. He kind of just is like has like a monotone voice on this and i just to me he's the highlight of the song it 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 fits super well it's like super well put together it's like and i get what you're saying it kind of doesn't fit because when we go to what happens after but i kind of like the way it breaks it up and it's fun it's fuck i don't know it's a fun fun track 
it's just it's a it's a weird one for me that just stands oddly on this album. It's not That's annoying. It's not it's annoying. Not annoying no. Uh I usually find Drake singles either super annoying uh or super cheesy. Like Hotline Bling is very catchy, but it's cheesy. And Started yeah. from the Bottom is very cheesy, but I understand why it was a single. And this is just like, hey, here's this this song. I'm using two of the most popular guys of that time in the 2010s. And they're here on my song and we're having fun. And I don't know. I just find it blends in nice. If there's one thing that I find that it does well, is that when I heard this the title of the album, Certified Lover Boy, and then I saw the artwork, I was expecting more songs like this. Oh, for sure. More that like kind of, you know, those kind of controller songs, like, like those. I was expecting more of that. So this song is kind of funny in that regard because it fits the theme of the album. Mm-hmm. But then some of the songs we got up to now are very serious and not very lover boy at all. Feel what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. That- and I think that the next two tracks are perfect for that TSU and uh, and Too Deep, which have like very bland Drake raps. And then the, the beat just switches to something completely different. Yeah. But they're absolute filler and completely, again, switch the switch you right off that way too sexy feel that you just got right before these two tracks. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go go on and say "Into Deep" is a filler, automatically. Oh, by um, by yeah yeah yeah. Remove remove that song. It doesn't need to be. You're already cutting cutting the album in a better position. Right. Those are songs that don't need to be there. We don't even need to discuss them because they're so blah. You know, like it's songs that don't need to be there. Um, we jump into "Pipe Down." And, and I'm going to go ahead and say that this is where, for me, this is now track 10. This is the first time on the album where I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be clear in saying that there's nothing new here. No. It's the same old Drake recipe done right. Pipe down. Not necessarily a standout, but a good album track. And we're halfway through the album before we get the first good album track no guests, just a good track. Well, we can't take away from the first two songs. No guests. No, but I'm saying those are like opening, like you're you're yeah. you're setting me off. Now I mm-hmm. I want to hear the body. And in this whole body, the only good tracks I got were guests so far. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is the a- first Drake on his own track. Yeba's Heartbreak, which is an interlude, but I'm fine with it. Like it uh, I don't mind interludes on an album. But he does this type of stuff. That that's that's familiar to me. Yeba's heartbreak. It's me, something he does. Yeah, I think that's where he kind of breaks the album into. Take care. He's had stuff like that on Take Care. He's no. done it on everything. He's like he does mm-hmm. it on, he did it on the mixtape with the party next door interludes. But it's like a way to kind of break the album into. Remember how we said the album's very long, right? First yeah. part, second part. The next track, No Friends in the Industry, which like, fuck you. You have Jay-Z, Travis Scott, Lil Dirk, all these guys on your album. You got plenty of good friends in the industry. This is a complaining song. It is. It is. And we're going to talk about that later. But I want to say this is a good song. This is a good track. From the instrumentals to the raps. This, to me, is a highlight track. 
well, he's rapping on there, and I'm going to give it to you where he's rapping. I just find he he's, he's not wise in the way he chooses his hooks, and especially on a song like this. It's very repetitive. Okay. Like, look, I'll tell you this much. I don't want to hear him repeat the same thing and complain about, like, well, I we're kind gonna, of find, We're going to talk about that, though. Because I find this is very, like... I'm being looked at different. I have no friends in the industry. It's kind of a, a Kanye West, not jab, but like, oh, fuck. People are on my case. Yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to set himself apart and say that. Let's, let's talk about this later. Knife Talk, 21 Savage and Project Pat. This to me was another time where Drake tried to step out of the box and it worked. Mm-hmm. But... Now on no friends in the industry, he's bullshitting us about being popular, about uh, about uh, who his friends are, and how he cuts people out. On this track, he's bullshitting us that he's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Like we don't nice need talk. this. This is your sixth <laughs> album. Now we know you pretty well. Still, I'll put this in the chunk of music that I really like. Seven a.m. on Brittle Path, another just great rap track. And Race My Mind to me is a standout pop track on this album. That's the chunk of music that I think revives and kind of helps you get through the album a bit more. I'm gonna I, I need to go back on something and I'm and I'm sorry to do this, but knife talk is a homage to southern hip hop. A hundred percent to that Memphis. That's why I put Project, uh, project yeah, Pat yeah, on there. Absolutely. It's very uh, homage to Memphis sounding hip hop, to what he grew up on and what he's promoted in certain areas in his last few albums. That's fine. I'm not okay with him coming across or trying to come across as aggressive. He's, it's not him. It's not him. It's really not. And especially on this album, which again, lyrically, we're going to get into it later. Mm -hmm. I'll explain to you why I think this is pretty phony. Uh, 7 a.m. on Brittle Pat is is nice. I enjoy it. Yeah. So now we're going to start wrapping the... And and Race My Mind, do you agree, is a great pop track? Or you don't care for that song? I don't care for it, but it is a great pop track. Like, it's kind of what Drake does. So now the next track, and we're going to start wrapping the album up now, and I think we'll speed it up for the sake of the episode too, but Fountains. Don't need. Massive disappointment, and and it's basically he's trying to do one dance, control a passion fruit all over again. Mm-hmm. I Get don't along need that. better with Ty Dolla Sign. More friends in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Don't need. This is, this is, I don't know how this song made it to an album in my opinion, why did he put this on? That's my question. Yeah. You Only Live Twice featuring Ross and Wayne. This is a throwback track. This is a throwback to the to to the Take Care Teflon Don days of these artists. And this is well done. Look at the, the, the producer's bink. Right. This this is this track to me was I love this track. I think this was a, most people's favorite track so far. Man, you said it. It sounds like Teflon Don style. Like you got Ross, you got the hi-hat drums in there. You have everything going on that's really old 2010s hip-hop. And yeah, it really stood out. Does it fit the album? 
Ugh. If you trim the album down, maybe it could fit, but not at the length and not at oh, what exactly. Pl- no, no, no. Like not even what played before song seventeen with Ty Dolla get along better and no, it's, sixteen. It's placed, it's placed at a weird part. Yeah, exactly. I W Y two. I'm with you too. I'm guessing that's called. What is that I'm called? guessing. I'm with you too. Yeah. Featuring Kid Cudi. More trash. Take it out. Fuck you. You didn't fans. like this. You I don't like that. I found that terrible. You said something about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up. You said that is this a jab or something bringing in to Kanye West because of the friendship between Kanye West and Kid Cudi? Well, they had to they had to make up in order to make the song because Kid Cudi and Drake also had feud. Yes, but I'm guessing this is more of Drake just trying to say, "Hey, all your guys are on this album." <laughs> so, but but and, and furthermore, that makes it. Even more of a filler track. Yep. Absolutely. Fucking fans. Annoying for the most part, but one of the one of one of the more interesting instrumentals. Mm-hmm. I'd still classify this as filler. Right? Oh the, we're at so much filler now that these are very skippable songs that do not fit the body of work that it's supposed to be. There's, I'm 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 not in the album anymore. Like uh, my brain is. No, at this point you've disconnected, out. right? I've disconnected after Rick Ross and Little Wayne. And and this is a great point to you to bring up because the closing track, the remorse. It's the typical Drake send off track where he's just going off with bars, no hook. It's nothing new to the recipe, but it's well done. Just that now you've completely lost me. Like I'm not even listening to you anymore, as you said, completely out of it. I have no interest. You've lost me. I'm, I'm, I, I may not have even gotten here unless <laughs> I was doing this review. It's crazy, huh? How, how I listen to it. I've listened to this album about four times to the point where I force myself to get past a certain point. And yeah. we're at that certain point where it's like, I want to be interested in your album. I want to be, I want to give myself to your album because I get nothing but utmost respect from people and how you put your music together. But I've been disappointed in your layout. I've been disappointed in the way you put your album together. And I just find you've just thrown things out because it was rushed. Because you wanted to put a product out that doesn't stand the test of time. Now, it's still early, right? But... You know Drake than me, so I'm gonna give you this this part to really reflect and go for it and say what you need to say, and then I'm gonna jump in later because there's things that I'd like to add to it. Well, now, now if I can, I want to jump onto the lyric side. Yes, yes, it's, it's it's yours because there are tracks on here where he's actually coming out with bars, especially those opening two songs, where the opening song particularly. And I've never been one to care or think that Drake had much to say to begin with. But I've always said that part of his success stems from the fact that he's relatable. I've made that very clear even in episodes where we touched on his music, right? Mm-hmm. On Certified Lover Boy, he's not relatable anymore. And like I said, he opens the album, he's very arrogant and he's boasting his importance, not being able to be fucked with. He's not in the mood for games. It's very clear he's talking about Kanye right now. 
but he whines throughout the record like he needs the listener's pity. It's almost like he's trying to keep you on his side. It's petty shit. And what I find on Scorpion was it was a flop. Scorpion was a flop. Not much saves that album. There were highlights, yes. But he approached the situation as he said he would. He, sh- he, he, was, he was confident as fuck. And he just shrugged the, the competition off. On this one, he's reigniting like old attacks against him that aren't even the topic anymore. And he's arguing essentially with himself. Because it's all bullshit what he's saying at the end of the day because Drake is the biggest artist in music. Pretty to much, a certain but extent. also just the whole bullshit about like I'm not like I'm not letting people get to me anymore. But then your track No Friends on the Industry, which I which I I said musically was one of the highlights, lyrically is a bullshit message saying like, I don't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody. I can't like, fuck you. You've got all these artists on your albums that work with other people. You could, you're clearly in good hands here. But not only that, Steve, the guy has, is loved by so many different artists and respected by so many people. You have, you have fucking Jay-Z on your album. And it's not the first time. You got Jay-Z on your album to where you're you're just complaining about the same garbage. Oh man, yeah. His attitude and approach is is completely contradictory from one track to the next. One one track he's father of the year, next he's insecure. One track he's not to be messed with, next everyone's out to get him. One track he's a gentleman, next track he's fucking you could borderline cancel the guy. He's a fucking mess on it, lyrically. And that, to me, takes away a lot of the highlights that I went through, admitting that, hey, these are actually good songs that I could sit through. The consistency of this thing is just, you know, you'd think Kanye put this album out for how contradictory it is. Well, and I have a feeling that because of Kanye and because of (laughs) what I want to say right now, is I find he looks into the beef with Kanye West too deep that it reflects on his choice of music. You have to remember, like Kanye was one of his idols. For him, to, for you to meet your, for you to meet your idol, and then your idol does what he did to you, it leaves a mark on you. But you said you were moving on from this. Let's well, move not, on from this. It's it's not only that. It's just that. You've had beefs with Pusha T, Kanye West. You've had your low jabs here and there at Jay-Z, which was kind of bullshit, but whatever. You've had these issues with certain people, Meek Mill. You've had all these things going on, but you're still bringing it up to a point where it's like, you want us to feel bad for you. Exactly. But you're the biggest artist in music. So why can't you just put that aside and make music? Because you stood out on Take Care. You stood out on Nothing Was the Same. Uh, If you're reading this, it's too late. You've made albums where people appreciate them and find them classics. I'm not calling that they're classics, but people have said that they're classics. But now you're focusing on the negativity. So that's bringing your career down. It has. It really has. Especially when when you consider like, you're still putting out full on like 20 plus tracks 
that just like you're complaining about the same stuff. And like Pusha T, you mentioned Pusha T. I think he's a non-issue right now to Drake. Like if I'm Drake, like Pusha T is, you know, way be way behind me in terms of what I'm focused on. He could spit better than me, and he could destroy me in in uh, in 16 bars. But uh, big picture, afterthought. Yeah, yeah. The whole Kanye thing, especially after he put out Donda, that was that almost instantly flopped. Why didn't you look and say like, "Hey, no, I don't need to drop this just yet. Let's get to work. Let's let's polish this a bit more." But he wanted to over. He wanted to surpass Kanye West. And did you see what happened? Kanye West has twenty-seven songs on his album. Drake has twenty-one. That's six less. But he's still beating him in streams. That's a, the, the, and that's where the competition lies, right? The only thing is that Donda trended upward in streams because of the day it released. Whereas Sunday. Drake trended downwards, headed into the weekend. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. But if, if I was Drake, I would have waited at least a month, okay? And I would have revamped my album where I would have cut songs and I would have taken out the filler because you got at least, at least... I don't want to be an asshole when I say that, but at least you have eight songs of filler on that. I'd say plus. Really, huh? So I'm not. It's not me now. No, no, it's no, not, no, 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 no. It's not no. Stephen being a hater because I I dug deep and I was excited. And I'm gonna tell you one thing. You, I expected so much from this guy that I don't even have the pop songs on this album. Like I don't even have those standout pop songs on this album to look forward to. to yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's no hotline blink type of thing. There's no starting from the bottom to where I'm gravitating towards a way too sexy. Where not a lot of people have good things to say about it, but I do because I kind of like the track to it's that exciting track onto the album. I'm sure he has more songs like that somewhere hidden because you could see it on his EPs. You could have seen it a couple of years ago when he brought out those songs here and there. But why yeah. aren't they part of this album? But where's the the body of work? Where's the Like you said that you thought this was going to be big, that this he was going to have a comeback on this. Well, when you, you hear that opening that. track, when you hear that, and especially when I hit play and heard those first two songs, I was like, I had those similar vibes that I first had listening to Nothing Was the Same. And, and you could see, like, the first time I heard Nothing Was the Same was standing beside you at work. Yep. But when you hit play, you had this kind of like, it felt like he was coming at you with his verses. He was... I had that feeling here. At the beginning. Yeah, I did. And especially not recognizing any of the songs on it. There was no single. I, you, the only way you could go in is press play and, and, and judge it with your ears. There were no reviews to kind of sway you into one direction or the other. It's just press play and, and you're the judge right now. The only thing that you have right now is your opinion as you listen to it. He made a mistake with the featurings. He made a mistake with Little Baby because he didn't utilize him properly. He made a mistake with Little Dirk because he didn't utilize him properly. He made a mistake with Jay-Z because he didn't utilize him properly. You, you're putting Jay-Z on a, on, on a track with you where you had him on Pound Cake and it exploded to the point where it was just straight rap. The beat was insane. But, and you uh, 
threw that away. And I'm going to tell you one more thing before I give you the, the last word on this. You know what one a big problem on this album was? I don't know if you noticed this, but he did not have enough production from 40. That's, that's yeah, that's possibly true. I mean, 40 always overseas and probably had the final word on a lot of things of, uh, production-wise. But just to quickly go back to your features, you know, you say like he didn't utilize them well. Steve, when you look at it, all these features did a better job than he did on these songs. Lil Baby had a better verse than him. Lil Dirk delivered better than what, what uh, Drake did. Jay-Z's verse was better than his. Like I said, it wasn't standout. Travis Scott carried the song. Future did the hook and, and a verse. Young Thug did a verse that was both better than Drake. Both Future and Thug were better than Drake on the song. 21 Future, Savage. Huh? <laughs> 21 Savage. I, I'll be honest with you. If 21 Savage is on your feature, it, there's a good chance he's going to be better than you. The only features that maybe Drake outdid was Wayne and Ross. Because he came to rap with those guys. Well, he had no choice. <laughs> right. He had no choice. They they didn't they weren't they weren't carrying the song. He carried the song on that. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. The other guys are kind of I would have seen those tracks on their albums. Oh, it's totally something that would be at the end of a Ross album. No, but I'm talking about more of the little baby and the little dirt. Oh, you're talking that, about those guys. Those guys and tra- you know, like I find those songs would have been on their album. They would have fit way more than they would have fit on a Drake album. And I don't listen to those guys at all, but I could tell. But the way yeah. the song was structured and the way was the song was put together. Yeah. Somebody told me this, and I'm going to end the Drake conversation on my part. Drake is not doing anything different. It sounds like he's making the it's same. It's all the music. same. It's all the same. Exactly. It sounds like it's 2006. That's what yeah. somebody told me at work today. And I totally agree with them. There's nothing more. There's nothing different. There's nothing exciting about it. And I'm not a Drake fan, but that's coming from a Drake fan from the 2000s. So we usually give our score to the album. Let's give our score and, 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 and create the all-time average score as well. But then I have a very important question to ask you before we go into our second topic for this episode. And the top, sure. and the question I'm going to ask you is a dangerous one. Oh boy. Because it could, it could be almost its own episode. Oh so boy. first, first I'm going to go ahead with my score. I could say that about half the album is listenable, maybe a bit more than half. If I okay. structure it to my liking. So I feel like at some point this album gets a pass, but when you take lyrics into consideration, I could be a really tough critic and and drill the album on the lyrics, but I've said it. I don't care much for Drake lyrics to begin with. I'm giving it a five on 10. Oh boy. Okay. It's a good score for you. I mean, it's not because I really liked his other stuff. But he's fallen off and he's fallen off for you in a certain way. After more life, or what was the first views or more life? Views was first. Views was the first fall off for me. Uh, I forget. Was there another album after views? There was more life, which I really liked. Oh, there was the future album, which was good. But after views, was it Scorpion right away? I'm already blanking out. May no, it was been. more. It was views then more life. You no, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so. 
more life is more of a compilation it's not really considered in his studio albums right well fuck for christ's sake it comes out as the drake album it's it, a drake I, album it, it was but the, the whole idea that he labeled it a playlist i think actually helped <laughs> no i'm serious i'm not i'm not trying to be funny i, I think that it it dumbed down people's expectations and people enjoyed it more no yeah. Okay. So views was 2016, more life 2017. Okay. And then it was um, Scorpion. Scorpion in uh, 2018. So three years of music. And yes, more life was fantastic. Like fourth best Drake project, probably. Yeah. Fourth best Drake project. That's fair. I'm going to give it a 3.5. So a 3.5 and a five gives it. You couldn't just give it a three. Let me get this. Okay. Point. But the thing is, is I wanted to like it for fuck's sake. I, I, know, was like, I know you did because you said you did. And you typically wouldn't say that for a Drake album. I went through it and, and you can ask anybody I work with. It's on at work because I'm fucking trying to, you know, listen to it and dig deep and figure something out. But you know what's, what's going to happen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a bit because there's a big project coming out on... Uh, on Friday, I'm very full throttle on. So give me a, a couple. It's weeks. a four. It's a four point three is our okay, average cool. score on that. Hey Drake, I listened to one of your albums and I gave it a score. Cheers to you. That's a start. Your big question. Let's go. Donda from Kanye West. Certified lover boy from Drake. Oh, he's gonna ask him which one's the best between the two. No, no, no. <laughs> These are artists that were untouchable, not just in hip-hop, but in music in general. What do albums like these do to an artist's legacy? At what point do you start discrediting them for their previous work? Hey, that's a huge question, and I would love to do an episode on that. That's actually a fucking good question. The problem is, Steve... In one is that guys like me and you, the Gaboos, the Malenkos, the you know, the people that really dig deep into music and dissect it the way we do, we're the people that are gonna discredit them and you know, give them ratings, give them scores, not fuck with their earlier work because of what they've done after. We're those type of guys. But the rest of the world, you have to understand something, they do not give a shit. They do not care the way we do. There's a big percentage of the world, and I would say a good 60, maybe even 70, don't care that way. Because I, I, I find what's very interesting is a lot of people that get into these types of artists, like when these artists release an album, they jump on it and they're crazy about it, but they're also not people that revisit old stuff because old is old. You get what I'm saying? But the Drake fans will not bash on this album but, the but, Kanye fans will not bash on this album and they will not discredit their earlier work because they do not have it in them to say it's a bad album but you, under, you, you know there's friends of ours that praise Drake yes I know and I was going to call him out two seconds ago but I you jumped into the sentence but what I, what I mean to say is this isn't somebody who's going to listen to old Drake because it's better than new Drake it's just somebody who's going to listen to the five good songs of the new album and say that the album is good. That's the problem with people listening to music nowadays. I'm sorry to say that, but that's what it is. 
People listen to playlists, Steve. There's five songs on here that you put on a playlist and you're golden. You you could drive to Toronto and listen to it. You know what I mean? So that that was the question I wanted to ask you because I do find that, like, especially on a Kanye, we judged him since the Wyoming sessions, you know, but then Jesus is King came out and, and we didn't like it. And now Donda came out and suddenly the Wyoming sessions aren't too bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's making less good music to where the other ones stand out. But does that mean that if his next album is trash, we're going to go back and say, you know what, Donda was actually quite good in comparison. Like, to nope. what extent are we going to keep doing this next time they put out the album? Steve, we're music lovers. We love music. We 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 dig deep into music to where the point is, this is what we do. This is what we like to do. There's websites that do this type of stuff. We're reviewing we're judging albums and we're kind of taking the artist and going with their growth whether it's a bad growth or a good growth we do that there is people that don't care that will just go from album to album to album and just go with the artist as they go and we know people that way right and, and i'm gonna say one thing the people that tell me that Donda is good, they are not in the right mindset and they are just biased. It's the same thing for the Drake fans. The people that say this album is good, you are really, really not on the same level musically or listening to music the same way as people should be listening oh, yeah, to I, music. And, I, and I've made a case for like views. When Views came out, I thought it was shit, and you knew that. Absolutely. But when Scorpion came out, and now with this out, I could look back at Views and say, like, it's not all that bad. We didn't score it too well when it came out, but in retrospect, if this is what I'm getting now, Views ain't too bad. And let's be honest, with an album cover like that, uh, <laughs> are we taking you fucking seriously? Come that's, on. Yeah, that's another thing. You're fucking Drake. You are, you probably are, a, I would say, not too far from being a billionaire. Fucking make a better album cover than that. For Christ's sake, I think we put more money into our logo than the fucking what he did. All right. So that's, uh, we said a 4.3 average all time score on um, Certified Lover Boy. Part two of our episode starts now. Better things. For like girls, 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 girls I do adore. Tomorrow is September 11th, uh, 20 years since September 11th, 2001. One of the most horrific days in the history of mankind. Um, but on the music side, very, very, I don't want to say this this way but very positive very uplifting very groundbreaking very let me let me do this for you you're having a hard time <laughs> on september 11 2001 there is an album that despite the uh september 11 attacks sold 427,000 copies in its opening week granted not on that day particularly but you have to remember that the world changed on that day and there was one album that 
sold that many copies in the U.S. alone. So almost half a million people still thought I need to go grab this album despite what's going on. And it being in New York, coming from a New York right. artist, people going out in New York to buy the album, that's big. Well, maybe not everyone in New York, right? Because, uh, but, but yeah. And some sales definitely came from And we're New talking York. about the 20th anniversary of uh, Sean Carter, Jay-Z, The Blueprint. That's right. His sixth studio album too. You see, six six studio. Your sixth studio album can be possible. <laughs> I love girls, girls. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's sixth studio album is considered. Anyways, let's go on. And before we consider it's a certain topic name. Yeah. So we we were very young when this came out. I was eleven years old. Uh, I wasn't buying music freely the way I do now. Uh, because I didn't have a job. I don't have, shouldn't have to explain that. You were in secondary one, no? Grade six? Grade five. Grade six, grade five. I was in second. I just started, I I had just started grade six, September. I was in secondary one. My memories of the rollout to this album was Izzo on Much Music, Izzo on MTV, Izzo on our French Music Plus in Quebec. Izzo, 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 I, Izzo on the radio. I mean, Izzo was massive when this album came out. And I remember burning CDs from Napster as a kid, burning my own playlists with songs. Izzo was a must on every CD that I burnt. I could swear that Izzo and Other Side from the Chili Peppers were on my, play, my, my mix CDs always. Really? Um, all the time. I didn't own this album during like its rollout because like I said, I wasn't buying music freely and to convince your parents to buy you something with parental advisory on the cover, uh, took a song and dance. So to me, it was just a matter of downloading the song. When Girls, Girls, Girls became a single, I went for that. Uh, even when Song Cry became a single, I went for it, but I knew it wasn't really my type of song. And then, of course, Renegade featuring Eminem, which, you know, I guess I could have asked for a copy of the Blueprint because I had a copy of the Marshall Mathers. <laughs> Who didn't? The Blueprint uh, was like Bible studies compared to <laughs> Marshall Mathers. LP, so not that I was raised in a religious household. Uh, so, yes, I, know, I didn't own this album when it came out, but the songs, the singles were often, often, often in my rotation. And I remember when I first picked up this album because it was one of the first hip hop albums I did buy when it finally came out. I actually bought this after having been a fan of Kanye and seeing all the production he did mm-hmm. on this. So I think my Kanye's listening started at late registration. So going back and seeing that the song that was on all my tapes or on my CDs, CDs and tapes, yeah, growing up, was produced by Kanye West, it just fucking split my mind in half. And that so many other tracks on here were produced by him. Uh, Heart of the City, Never Change, Takeover. To me, uh, it, it, it really opened my mind to how much 
people actually do collaborate in hip hop and work with one another, whether you're a feature or not, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. How how closely knit these guys actually are in working with the same producers, similar artists. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's that was my first experience with uh this album. Um for me, I'm gonna go and say it, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. It took me a while to get into Jay-Z. Uh mm-hmm. I knew of the singles on this. Uh, Hola Ovito, which was a later single, if I'm not mistaken. That was it was a single. That song is a big memory to me. I, I heard it play a bunch of time. Izzo, obviously. But yeah. the thing that stuck out to me with this album was downloading music with Kaza and Napster. Um, and the reason... I like My memory is very vague when this album came out, but there's one picture of this album that stuck, sticks out to me and it has nothing to do with the music, but there's that picture that's in the booklet of Jay-Z with the baggiest pants, white shoes that look like Skechers and his hands in his pocket. That picture it has been in my memory for probably since the album came out, maybe at the year later, secondary two. I don't know how, but that's my memory with this. But I was never a huge Jay-Z fan till about later on in my adult years. Probably, I would say, end of high school where I kind of was like, okay, let's pay more attention to Jay-Z. But because of the 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 dissing of Nas and Mob Deep, I never could get across from it till I became an adult. You know that, right? And yeah. It never made me dig deep into his catalog because of that. But I knew the singles on this. Yeah, the singles. I think were, I think the singles were everywhere. But that, you, held out, you held out a detail, though, about how you got into Jay-Z. Oh, you? Well, yes, of course. Give, give credit where it's due. That's the, that's the yes. one artist you'll never admit I got no, you into. I admitted that you pushed Jay-Z onto me. Uh... A lot more than you pushed Kanye West on. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, because I thought Kanye West was a lost battle with you. Because of the... Because he was part of that... Because of the 808s and heartbreak sound. That's it. And then... Uh, even because of the before stuff. Even because of graduation, yeah. I didn't think that was that would be of interest to you. But graduation, I used to listen to a lot. Anyways, we're not getting into Kanye West. That's for a different episode. But Kanye, graduation, I used to listen to a lot with my friend Eddie back in high school in his, his mom's Jeep. But it was really towards the eight away than heartbreaks. But anyways, you really pushed him onto me. Steven, just keep listening to it. Just listen to this, listen to that. Blueprint was something that you pushed on me a lot. And I kept saying no. And I would always skip the takeover song. Like a fucking oh, poor baby. idiot that I was. No, but it's true. I would always so, so. skip over it because I did not. I couldn't accept the fact that he was dissing my favorite rapper. So baby, hey. So you take shit so personally, man. When it comes to this, it's it's very true. I do take this thing personally, but th- th- that's my fondest memory is that picture and just getting into the album a bit later than a lot of people. But those singles, yeah. uh, like really being the forefront of the album 
and the way it was promoted. But Renegade was always something that was always talked about in hip hop, but also looked mm-hmm. at as a standout track. But we'll get into that later on. So that's just my whole. There's a lot more to the album that when you're young, you don't realize till you get older. Let me tell you that. Yeah. So how do you, how do you want to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this album? Uh, the way I really want to celebrate it is I'd like to go because it's not a lot of tracks. I think we could go stem through the, 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 tw- the 13 tracks real quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's go. Let's, let's start it off with the rulers back. To yeah. me, coming off 2001, the sound of hip-hop, the direction of hip-hop that's going in is more club, anthem. You got bigger artists that are... The sound of hip-hop is more polished, more out there, more stadium, anthem. You get all what I'm saying? That whole highlight. But yeah. you start off your album almost... A, a perfect way of how a hip-hop album is supposed to start, it drags you in. You want more after this track. There's something that Jay-Z always does well, and it's when the way he opens that track. Always. Like, it starts off with the horns, and he starts with that first line, gather on hustlers, it's if you're still living, get on down to the old jig rhythm. I find that in hip-hop, a lot of the times the first tracks up until this point, didn't do this. If you look at old hip-hop, the greats would do it. Like, Outkast would always plot, like, an intro and an opening track. But a lot of just rappers, standalone, didn't give a concept to their album. Do you agree, to some yeah. extent? There, there is a lot of artists that just went completely in with their albums. Uh, it... Again, it's you need to come off strong with your first track. You need to set a, a bar, a yeah. story, uh, what your album should sound like. And the crazy thing about this is look at the name of the album, the, the track of the, the first song. It's called The Ruler's Back. Who called himself The Ruler? Slick Rick. Uncle Ricardo. You know, Uncle Ricky. Who, like, it's, it's crazy to where he... He's saying he's the ruler's back. He's absolutely right because of what he released beforehand. But he's paying homage with that. We can't get Jay-Z twisted in a game of that he thinks he's better than everybody else. Right. That is paying homage. It's homage in a way. You're right. And and the other thing that's also kind of cool in this ruler's back thing is that you got to remember he's doing it at a time where the critics weren't exactly on his side yet. He had just done the volume one, two, three and rock La Familia, which was considered a flop. That's crazy. By, by, by critical standards to call himself the ruler after a flop. Yes. He's not saying he's better than everyone else, but it's confident as fuck. Yeah. But he had to reinvent himself. Right, he did. he did, and he and and he did it well on this record. Uh, there's another very important thing to mention on this particular track, The Ruler's Back. I'm too sexy for jail, like <laughs> right said Fred. We're talking, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking too sexy a lot today. He, 
the the just the way he's rapping on the first song is just fucking ridiculous. But he raps a little better on that second track, if you ask me. I understand Ether, and we're gonna do this, even though I said I don't like the beefing and whatever. Ether was so disrespectful towards Jay Z that people deemed Nas the king of that beef. The way Jay-Z does this through storytelling is to me why he won that beef. Not to mention how his career explodes after this album as well and now it becomes an afterthought much like Pusha T to Drake. But but Steve, did we know that Jay-Z just gave Nas one verse of a diss on here? Course. He didn't give him yeah, the whole song. Nas gave him the oh. whole song. Do you kind of see? And it's just name but calling. It's, it's just, just name being, calling. There's not much exactly. Else. And Jay Z was smooth on this. He basically he yeah. just fucking like he he undressed him by by outing him as a fraud. It was amazing. Like as a growing up and really stemming far away from the song because of the mob deep diss going back. And really dissecting this song, Jay-Z won just off of the way he came to Nas at the end. Fell from top 10 to not mentioned at all. We here have been very outspoken about how far Nas is from the top 10. Four albums in 10 years, homie? I could divide. That's one every two. (laughs) Two of them, things was due. One was Naha, and the other was Illmatic. That's a hot, one hot album every, every 10, 10 year, year average. average. Yeah. <laughs> Switch up your flow. <laughs> your shit is garbage. Anyways, we're not gonna we're not gonna reignite that. He wasn't discussion. wrong. Can we be honest? He wasn't wrong. I don't think he was wrong. And I he's not wrong that. now. If that song came out today, tomorrow morning, he's not wrong. Oh, it's one hot album every twenty year average. <laughs> That's produced by Kanye West, FYI. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I said that before. Oh, you did? Thanks. Izzo, next track. Fucking definition of a hip-hop single to me. Kanye West production? Mm-hmm. That's a single. There's one line on in the third verse. Like I told you, sell drugs. No, Hove did that, so hopefully you won't have to go through that. I remember at a young age hearing that line and realizing... You got to remember this came out around the time where uh, Eminem uh, was getting a lot of shit for Marshall Mathers LP, Marilyn Manson for his image, go figure, he was bad all along. Um, but when you hear when you hear this type of a line as a listener, and especially me being young, it kind of helped me realize, and I remember telling myself that what you're hearing in the song isn't advertising to be doing what they do. Hope did that so you don't have to go through that. It's just storytelling. He, he was he was past his his like he was how do you say it? He was already on to the next. He would never go out there and tell you to do certain things because he went through it. He, it, it that's not about Jay Z. Jay Z is 
is trying to give you give you game and be an adult in his songs and teach you things of not to do certain things or sure. not to be like that. He was a he was above his prime. He was on the but next that, level. Yeah. He was all through that a long a long way before so many and, artists. And when you go back and listen to Reasonable Doubt and you hear him tell the story of how he made it, how he put the album out, how he and and he does that throughout Volume One, Two, and Three as well. How he built himself up there's a lot more good to take from that than there is negativity mm -hmm. and that's just how quick we're going to talk about it more next week because we we watched the documentary that discussed this but that's just how quick the media was to turn around and say this artist promotes this this artist promotes this this artist does that this until you go back and actually pay attention to it This was like, like all I'm saying is that this was the first song that had me say like, okay, like, yeah, the Eminem songs are violent. I had been listening to them, but when I heard this, I kind of put two and two together as this is just, sometimes it's not real. No. Sometimes they're just giving you their experience. It's not for you. To, it's for you to learn from, not for you to reproduce. But that's what the media does. It really takes it as a negativity. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, our next song. Yeah, let's keep moving with the next uh, single off this album, Girls, Girls, Girls. I love girls, 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 girls. Rest in peace, Bismarcky. Also uh, uh, featuring Slick Rick and Q-Tip, but not credited. But yeah, but they, they sing that chorus part. Yeah, uh, great song, Just Blaze production. Uh, it was a single? I didn't know it was a single. It was. This was a single. Music uh, video and everything. A fantastic song. It's, it's based just Jay Z going through his, his. This would be like the equivalent of like those Drake song radio songs that we were talking about. Before, absolutely, absolutely. The, they, this was. But this type of talking about women relationship types of women Jay Z likes this kind of brought onto artists like a Drake to be able to do that. Yeah. But being fair, it's also not a song you could put out in this climate. Absolutely not. So next. <laughs> We're skipping it that quick. Uh, we got the Jigga song, number five on the album. It's produced by Trackmasters. Huge uh, pr producers in the early 2000s. Right. Uh, was this a single? Uh, I believe it was. But it wasn't something that I knew of. Like, it wasn't one of the ones I was downloading. And, and being fair, it's also one of my least favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It's not, it's not that I would skip it if I'm listening to the full album, but I wouldn't put this album on. And there's songs that we're going to talk about later that aged incredibly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this for me is like that middle of... Maybe not right in the middle of the album, but it's kind of like that middle of the album. It, it, it's a filler track to me. But you could tell that it was like intended to be a club banger, if you think of it. Yeah. It just didn't have the impact that Izzo had. Izzo was so big that like, it's hard to top that. Let's get into the next song. The song actually yeah. that you walked out to my wedding with. Yeah, my, uh, my uh, wrestling theme song. Uh, you Don't Know, produced by Just Blaze. This is to me the that the middle of the album. You said the song before. I say this song. This is where there's this song, and then it just full fledged switches up on you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is an anthem. This is a banger. This is that Jay Z. I could tell that Jay Z when he put out this song, he was he was claiming who he was that he could spit bars over a certain type of beat. Yeah, and nobody was doing this type of stuff. And you could tell that he did That's not. Fair, yeah. And you could tell that he was not writing this stuff down. That he was just going in the boot and he was just throwing it out there. I could tell the structure of the verses yeah. that he really. It's it's a song that you get hyped on the beat. Oh yeah, well it's a staple in his set list to this day, right? He opened to this when we saw him together for the first time. For the uh, he may have he could have yeah. yeah he opened with this to the Magna Carta tour huh i remember that because we were in the, like the four thousands up, st- up on the bell yeah, center yeah, yeah. I was on the <laughs> basically I was we, on the roof. you were on the roof uh but yeah this is i know it's, it's cheese ball to say it but this is one of my favorite jay-z songs it is so it, it's it's easily probably in my okay no it's not in my top 10 but it's up there it's very up there 100 percent. it's a, it's actually a song that dragged me back into because of you telling me to go to Blueprint, this song stood out to me the most. Hola, Jovito. Timbaland. Only yeah. Timbaland track on the album. Yeah, this would probably be my other one that I could take or leave, but listening to the album, I think this is a really solid... It fits. It fits, it fits. I just wouldn't put this song on ever. No, I would choose a bunch of different songs, but it's a good song to to... It, to have it, it fits. It fits the climate of the album, right? Heart of the city, ain't, ain't no love. love. Yeah, another Kanye beat, another highlight. Can we? Can we? Can we point to the production of this song and the the soul and mm-hmm. something that Jay Z really didn't do? Horns, horns in the beat. That was the Kanye signature, right? Yeah, but. This is Jay Z wasn't doing this beforehand. We said we, he had to reinvent himself. Going with Kanye West, yeah. pres- going with Kanye yeah. West production is what made this album what it is. And and that's a great point, but that's something we're going to talk about after. This song never changed. Yeah, this is the first time you hear Kanye West's voice, huh? Yeah, yeah, I told you that. Yeah. It's also in the documentary, the, uh, what was it? The, there's a documentary that was put out that says, I think it's when they give him his Rockefeller chain and then Jay-Z made him produce and made him be on the chorus hook, whatever you want to call it. This to me is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yes, I agree 110%. Song Cry, Just Blaze Beat, uh, this was the fourth single. This was the last single off this album, which to me, like I said, it was one of those ones I would download and and have because I knew it was a new single, but it didn't necessarily strike a chord with me. It works in the flow of the album. Um, Same thing with All I Need, the next track. Yeah. That's That's an underrated track on this album. All I need to me, unfortunately, and now it's, you're going to start questioning where I stand on this. All I need to me falls in the category of uh, 
Hola Jovito and Jigga. Really? I could take or leave it. I don't, it's not a standout for me. Fuck, you really want a 10 track album, huh? No, but we'll talk. We'll talk once we go through the track list. Renegades next with Eminem. No one can say much about that. I mean, it's it's Eminem production as well. Yeah, Eminem production, but I was gonna say it's basically a great Jay Z verse that gets destroyed by an even better Eminem verse. I find Jay Z killed Eminem on this. Sorry to say that. Ah, come on. Yeah. Okay. No, you're allowed. I mean, I said I've said far more controversial things. <laughs> but I don't know. Jay Z has. Two verses on this ish. And Jay-Z just came stronger. I just find that Jay-Z is Eminem was the bigger artist. Okay. Yeah. Jay-Z was overlooked in this song because of who Eminem was at that time. Jay-Z was just way stronger with the 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 lyrics, the the he he came in there basically saying. Okay, I'm going to give this song to... First of all, it was supposed to be an Eminem song, FYI. Uh, no, yeah. Royce to 5'9". It was a Royce to 5'9 or Eminem song, and they had Royce to 5'9 on it, which got got off, and it became a Jay-Z song. Jay-Z basically came in there knowing who Eminem was and had to come in as strong as he could, and he 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 did it. It's, it's always a question in hip-hop, who was better on this, Eminem or Jay-Z? And I'm going to give it to Jay-Z. Delivery was impeccable. Now we got the closing track, Blueprint, Mama Loves Me, with the hidden tracks. Are we going to talk about the hidden tracks too? Nah. Read Easy and Girls, Girls, Girls Part No, because he, he did that on every album, except uh, so, re, re, uh, Rock La Familia. So Blueprint, Mama Loves Me, great closing track to the album. Right? Great. It just sums up the... Yeah. This to me is one of the iconic things, and this is why I didn't want to... The, why, you, when you reacted to the the way I said those things about those three tracks, this is to me one of those cases, maybe the perfect case of an album that sits well within itself. Tracks one to thirteen will give you a ten on ten, but you can't just go start picking the songs here and there. No, I'm not saying these are the best Jay Z songs out there. But in a body of work, this is his best body of work. I could find you 10 Jay-Z songs elsewhere that I'll put on before I put most of these songs on. Yeah, because this is an I album. To the full albums. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. I want to say this is my favorite, but I always go to volume two for some odd reason. But this is the best produced best put together best body of work of jay-z it's like if this was reasonable doubt that many years later with better production right because it's basically like that middle of the story of who jay-z is okay reasonable doubt you you're you're kind of learning on who jay-z is i'm jay-z i'm from new york I could make this type of album, blah, 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 to where you go to the blueprint and you're like, whoa, this is a, this is who Jay-Z is. This is who he's become. This is the type of music this, this guy could do. It surpassed all the expectations of who Jay-Z is because of all those albums that came out. And those albums all blew up to the point where this really 
changed him as an artist, made him a better artist. Not a lot of artists change style, huh? Don't forget that. That's very true. And Jay-Z, Jay-Z continue, continues to change style. And as I've said in the past too, like that whole thing that I have about like how 444 is the first grown man rap album. He continues to change. He continues to change for what's best for him. You get what I'm saying? And he shifted the culture on this because he could have just had club anthems. He could have had summertime songs. He could have really followed what the sound was happening in the 2000s. But he didn't. He went his own way. And that's part of the thing with bringing in the Kanye West production is you're bringing in a young producer to do something. The one thing that Kanye West does and that Kanye West brought back in hip hop was sampling. Mm-hmm. People had stopped doing that. Look at look at Stillmatic that came out at the end of this year of December 2001. One thing we've always said about Stillmatic is the sound that that the 808 drum is aggressive the, the 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 instrumentation sounds weak. It didn't have the sampling. No. And sampling ages better than some technology. If you stick to it entirely the way a lot of artists did in this period, right? But the soul, like look at the soul samples he used. It's all soul. It's all like there's Al look Green. At- there's so much onto this that was used but but was not being used because it the culture shifted but jay-z Man, the sh- doors the doors david bowie sampled on this there's it's there's so much and and look look also another great album of the 2000s oh two great albums of the 2000s marshall Mathers lp stanconia from the year 2000 right before this mm-hmm. is there any sampling on that on the Stankonia? No, absolutely not. But let's like look at the producers he went to go get. We said Kanye West, but we, there's Bink. Okay, Bink was used on this four or five tracks. No, one track. Three tracks. Three tracks. You're right. Three tracks. More than one. Uh, so he's got the rulers back, all I need, and blueprint. Okay. There's just Kanye place. West has takeover, Izzo, uh, Heart of the City, Never Change. Yeah, there's just Blaze. Who's got girls, 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 and song cry, and you don't know. Okay. There's Timbaland. Who's got Hula Jovito. There's Trackmasters. Yeah, Jigga. And who else? And Eminem. And Eminem for Renegades, which is to me super. <laughs> I didn't expect I didn't know he, he produced so early on his career. But he really did something different. And that's why it stands out so much. And that's why it's you, you said it perfectly. I'm not going to go pick different songs to listen to on this album. I'm going to listen to it as a whole, as a body of work. And Jay-Z put the perfect body of work out. Yeah, really. And this album is going to be good. It's going to be great. Sorry, forget good. One, in 10 years from now, this album is still looked on for what, it, what, what the impact it had on hip-hop and just music in general and just bringing back sampling. It's also just like we said, it's a it's song, it's a series of songs that work best one after the other. It really is an album. That's what makes it great though. I don't want to go listen to JC's blueprint song different songs in different orders. I want to listen to it as a body of work because that's what it's intended to be. The, the sampling and the, the production of it makes that of the album because it each song shifts into the next and like we said, 
you don't know kind of breaks the album apart. You don't get the same production as you got on the first half on the the the, the end of the album. So is this a classic album in hip hop? It is a certified lover blueprint. <laughs> so, it's a, so it's a classic. <laughs> I would certainly hope so if we did this episode on it. Uh Best Jay Z album? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'd like to be. I'd like to be cool and say reasonable. That was my favorite, but no, this is the one I go back to when I want to hear a full Jay Z album. Reasonable okay. Doubt would be my second best. You, you did say on this episode many times that Kingdom Come was your favorite Jay Z album, but I, <laughs> I guess we'll step away from that one, especially the song with Neo. But yes, uh, but being fair, this was in my top. This is in my top twenty hip hop albums of all time, not top ten. I see where other albums outweigh it, but it's easily top 20 hip hop albums of all time and probably in my top 100 albums in general of all time. The impact of this album, the the way this album has grown and has stood the test of time, this is, this is, this is an album that people need to go to in hip hop. When we did our oh, top yeah, 100, sure. you want to go with a Jay-Z album. I would start with Reasonable Doubt. And I might jump through everything and then go to blueprint of the sound and the time it came out in and how it's overgrown so much. And people go to that and the sampling and just the production. That's fair. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like that, just that whole aspect of the album. We got it. I would would tell people to go to it first, to be honest. Oh, really? If not that, the black album, because reasonable doubt could be tough on a new listener somebody who's maybe not into hip hop. And and I use myself as an example, like Black Album was the first album I heard of his when it came out. And then went, or maybe not when it came out, but around when it came out. Well, Black Album was more popular. Yeah, because, well, it's more accessible. Reasonable Doubt isn't too accessible. Because when Black Album came out, Steve, in high school, I was listening to the Black Album. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I wasn't. I was it, smoking it, it weed. Came a little bit after. I was smoking weed, hanging out with people that were smoking weed, and we would listen to the Black Album. Stoned out of our minds. Okay, weedhead. <laughs> uh, let's tell the listeners thank you for joining. I had a great time. I'm definitely. I'll tell them. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh fuck. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Have a wonderful week. Bye, guys.